Amen. I want to talk to you about Reclaiming the Church, a new series uh, through the book of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, that we're going to go through as a family. But this morning, uh, this message I've titled Saints by Calling, Saints by Calling as we reclaim the church. What does it mean to be saints by calling? And I'll start by saying this, that the position of your calling will fuel the purpose of your being. The position of your calling will fuel the purpose of your being. What do I mean by that? Well, think about a football team, just to start off this morning, a few examples kind of give you just to get your mind where my mind's at. In a football team, you know, the coach is going to set the bar for the team. Very rarely will a group of young people just show up on a night that wasn't practice night and say, you know what, let's just have some practice, extra practice. We just want to do that without the coach. The coach sets the bar and the kids have to decide whether or not they're going to meet it or not. Uh, the same is true as if they, uh, they, they say, you know, they come in with this idea of how far they want to push themselves. But if it's a good coach, they're going to push them further than they think they are. Is that right, coach? You're going to push them further than they think they can go. And if they say, I've only got 10% left, he's going to say, well, give me all 10%, right? You're just going to put it, well, you say, leave it all on the field. That's what they say, right? Leave it all on the field. You're going to give everything you got and then go a little further than that. That's a good coach, right? And the best coaches know how to set the bar, but then speak into those young people on how to get there, that you can get to that place. Even that you think about the U.S. military the same way. Those drill sergeants could put down those cadets, those new recruits, they can put them down and talk about them in all kinds of derogatory ways, right? But they set the bar as if you want to be one of the people in the U.S. military, if you want to be a U.S. Marine, you have got to get to this level. This is what it takes to be a Marine. If you've got what it takes, you've got to get to the end of this line. You've got to make this course. You've got to get through this, this boot camp or whatever. You have got to reach the bar. So they set the bar, the level of their calling... And that person has got to determine if they will have the fuel, if they will have the fire to do that purpose of their being. Are you with me this morning? There is a position of their calling, that bar that is set before them, and they have got to determine if I'm going to live up to the purpose of that position, if I'm going to live up to the bar that's set before us. You know, the same is opposite and true. If you have a parent, or maybe you had this when you were younger, uh, you think about families in crisis today. There are some families that they speak down to their children. They're like, you're going to be no good. You're a loser. You're lazy. You've always been that way. You're just going to be like that so-and-so in our family. You're nothing. And guess what? Those kids, they're going to live up to the position of the thing they've, called, been, they've been called. They're going to live up to the bar that's been set before them. I counseled a young person one time that their father had always told him, he said, you're just so gay. You're so, every time he'd fail, you're so gay, you're so gay. And he heard that his whole life. And by the time he got to a teenager, he comes to me and says, you know what? I'm having questions on my sexuality. And we come to find out why is that? He said, well, I have always been called this my entire life. And I began as a young person to wonder, maybe I am. And because the position of your calling fuels the purpose of your being. Uh, I, I think about that standard, that standard to which you're called is the standard you'll strive to be. In my life, uh, there was a time when I was a young person, God called me to be a pastor. And let me tell you something, I knew that this job is far beyond my 
talents and abilities. I am not charismatic. I am not extroverted. I didn't care. I don't like to read as a person. I never did. And now I read all the time. But I, I didn't want to do this job. I don't know if it's you know that or not, but I didn't want to be up here. There were a lot of things I'd rather be doing than being a pastor in that season of my life. I didn't want to, that, that calling, and that, that's, that's something up here. I'm not that person. That's not who I am. But when God called me to it, I had to make a determination. I'm willing, because this is the position of my calling, I've got to make this job the purpose of my being. I determined to learn and educate. I have to, I had to deal things, I had to put things out of my life that were in my life before. I have to determine, even now, every single day, Heath, you can't think that way, you're a pastor. That matters to me. I have to know the position of my calling. I can't do the things that I wanted to do. Or even as a husband, it's like, well, I have to live up to the expectation of my calling because there is a heavy weight when you realize your calling is beyond your ability. You have to find something within you or some kind of strength somewhere to say, I've got to live up to the place that I've called to be. There's this holy fear. And one of the things I pray every day is, Lord, don't let me fall. Lord, don't let me fall. It would hurt my family. It hurt my church. It would ruin our reputation. It would do all kinds of things because there's this thing like, God, I can't do this job. And I live there every single day that, God, I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. God, this, there's things I don't know. All those things. And just it puts this bar up here. And there's something that is a dry that says, God, I'm going to still try to attain it anyway. And the thing about that is that is true for every single Christian, whether you know it or not. I think the problem in American Christianity today is most Christians don't know what their calling is. We don't know our position in Christ, so we don't live out His purpose. We don't know our position, so you can't live out His purpose. For instance, uh, we can become Christian and we can continue to react like the world. We can spend our time like the world. We spend our money like the world. We fall into sin like the world. And we say things like this, Pastor, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus, you know. I'm not like you. You're, I'm, you're, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I want to propose to you that that is a low bar, my friend. That is a low bar. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. In fact, what we ought to be saying about ourselves is this. I was a sinner, but now I am saved by grace. Amen? I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner, but now I am saved by grace. I was a sinner... But now I am saved by grace. There is a difference there because you'll never fulfill your purpose if you don't know your position. Where is the bar of Christianity set in your life? And how are you striving to attain that position to which you've been called to? Or is in your life is the bar set down here and say, I'm just Christian enough to get by? I'm going to propose to you there is a coach up in heaven who has set a high bar for you, and he is giving you the tools, the ability, the equipment, everything you need to push something inside of you to be the Christian he's called you to be. Somebody say amen. amen. The position of your calling fuels the purpose of your being. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, if you're there, somebody say amen. I want to talk to you who you are. You are a saint by calling. Saints by calling. Let me give you the background. Corinth was a sailor port city. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Cor Corinth. He writes the letter Corinthians. And he's writing about 57 A.D. because several years ago, three to five years ago, he had spent 18 months there uh, pioneering a church. 
This town, this city, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. Now, like 450,000 slaves. It's like 600 plus thousand people. It is a metropolis. There is running water in this ancient city. There's bathhouses. There's Olympic Games. There's all kinds of festivals. Uh, and again, it's a sailor port city. So what do you think about sailor ports? Sailors, you know, I mean, the culture there, right? Same deal. They had two ports, actually, uh, leading to this city. And there's all kinds of pagan festivals, tons of temples, but the number one temple was to Aphrodite, the goddess of love or sexuality. And so let me just add on to that. There was all kinds of sexual immorality. This was the Las Vegas, the New Orleans, the French Quarter of the ancient world. This was a pagan place. I mean, uh, cult prostitution was rampant. I mean, this is a bad place. And Paul is there 18 months working between people. He plants a church. Some Jews convert. And we'll go into a lot of this as we go on through this this book, but he's writing back because he's heard from some of the leaders of the church that, man, this church has lowered the bar for what Christianity is. They've forgotten the position of their calling. They've gotten back to look more like the world than more like instead of the church. They're not living up to their calling in Christ. So look what this coach this drill sergeant, this encourager, the Apostle Paul, speaks into a very immoral, divided church. He says this, Paul called as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Sothenes, our brother, that's a Jewish leader who converted, to the church of God which is at Corinth who have been sanctified, everybody say sanctified, you've been sanctified in Christ Jesus, and here's the catch for today, saints by your calling. That's not what you were doing. That's not what you're acting like. He says, you are saints by calling. With all who in every place, what do you do? Call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and their Lord and ours. So he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, look, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you are enriched in Him, in speech and knowledge, and even if there's a testimony concerning Christ that was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. In fact, you're awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will confirm you to the end. He says, you'll be blameless. This is a sinful church. You'll be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, through whom you are what? called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He says called multiple times. He says you have a calling. You have a position. And I know the sin of the world has become the sin of the church, but he says I'm reminding you of the position of your calling. He first says, he says, you number one, you are the church. What does the word church mean? In the Greek, it means those who have been called out to assemble or the called out ones. It means the gathering of a people. And it means to be called out of one place and gathered in another. He says, you're the church. In fact, just by being called the church, that means you've been called out of something. You are the calling of God. You have a calling on your life. What are you called to? Look in verse nine, it says, you have been called into fellowship with his son. In fact, every church that Paul speaks to, he says, uh, speaks to them about their calling. Think about Romans. Here's a few verses he says in Romans. You're the called of Jesus Christ. You have been called according to his purposes. You've heard that verse before. You've been called according to his purposes. And he says in Romans 11, he says, the gift and calling of God is irreversible. You can't get rid of it. it. It can't go away. This calling is because of Jesus Christ. He's died on the cross and he's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That you have some kind of special position on your life. And what is that calling? He says what it is. He says you're sanctified. 
What does the word sanctified mean? You've been sanctified. It means to be made holy. It means to be consecrated. Well, what is consecrated? No, not a concrete like at Sonic or Dairy Queen. It's consecrated. It means to be called out and set apart for a special purpose. I said it in the first service. It's like that wedding china that never gets used at your house, right? You got it. Well, somebody's grandma gave you some silverware from real silver, and you say, no, husband, you can't use that to eat pie with at nighttime. Like, this stuff is special. This is not something we're just going to use randomly. And he says, that's the same way. He tells Timothy, be a vessel for the master for good work, something. You're not some toilet seat. You are something special to be used by God. So it means to be called out for a special purpose. That's actually what holy means. Holy, you know, holy we think about, mm, you got to look like the Pope or Mother Teresa and you got to wear clothing or if you're in a certain Pentecostal denomination, you can't do certain things or dress certain ways or cut your hair certain ways. That's not what holy means. Holy means that your life is now given for a purpose, a holy purpose, a set apart purpose. Your life is going to be lived on purpose for God's purposes. You are called, you are sanctified. Even First Thessalonians, he says, you have been called for this purpose of sanctification. You've been called for a special job, a special assignment. And he says, he puts these together. He says, you're called and you're sanctified. So he says, you are saints by calling. This is who you are. Now get this, he's speaking to a people who have a church that's divided. Their board members are hating each other. The rich are eating in front of the poor. There are people getting drunk in communion. There are people having adultery in this church. And he says, you are called holy. You are called something special. God has called you out. This is the position of your, can you hear that coach in him? He's like, you are only at the 50. You gotta get to the end zone, man. You are, you gotta get all the way there. This is the goal. This is what he's called you to do, to be holy, called out, set apart. You are called saints. There is a position he's purposed for you. You may live in a sinful Corinth, one author says, but your spiritual address is in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. You may live in a world that's full of sin and immorality. You may live in depression, but your position is not in depression. You may live in anxiety and fear, but your position is not anxiety and fear. You may live with habitual sin, but that is not your position. That's not where he's called you to be. So knowing your calling matters. I think about children who have uh, fallen into drugs and gone away wayward. And if that was your child, what would you be saying to your child? You'd say, you're better than this. Because why? You're my kid. I know you. I know what you're capable. This is what you say. I know what you're capable. Your kid comes home with an F and you say, I know what you're capable of. You can get an A in this class. You just need to apply yourself. I'm raising the bar. You're grounded until you get it up. Because why? You as a parent know what they're capable of. Why? Because they're your kid. And you know what's on the inside of them. And God's saying the same thing to this church and to our church. Church, I know where you are, but I know what you're capable of. And I want to set the bar a little higher to say, be the Christian I've called you to be. Be the people of God I've called you. You want to take this city? Be the people of God I've called you to be. You want to cast out demons? Be the people of God I've called you to be. You want to heal the sick and see the lame walk? Be the people of God I've called you to be. Why are we have a low bar? What are we settling for? I think about Abraham. Bible says that Abraham had a new name in Genesis chapter 17. His name was Abram. 
And he heard the voice of God, he believed it, and he walked to a place he did not know by faith. His name was Abram, and he didn't know how he was going to get there and how God would make him the father of many nations. So he uh, had a relationship with a servant girl, Hagar, had a son by the flesh, Ishmael. And God says, that's not the way I was going to get this promise done in your life. That's not supernatural. That's you doing this. He says, but here's what I'm going to do. Abram, I'm going to rename you. Abram means exalted father, a good father. I'm going to rename you Abraham, father of a multitude, father of nations. I don't know how to do that, God. He says, don't worry. You just listen to me. You walk by faith. You listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do things in your life you never thought possible. I'm renaming you, Father that's good, to Father of nations. And what happens? He walks by faith, begins to listen and obey the Lord. Following the Holy Spirit, him and his wife Sarah have a miracle child named Isaac. And man, nations, the nation of God comes through this man who said, I know what my name was, but I have a new name in God. He's exalted my position. And if I just listen to him and obey him and walk by faith, I will see the promise of God. I'll see God do things in my life I never thought possible because I'm walking in the position of my calling. You have a new name. Ephesians, Paul says, says church, I pray you would open your heart your eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You'll know what the hope of his calling is. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Paul says, I wish you'd get this. Church, I wish, I wish you would know what God has purposed for you in eternity and you wouldn't be fooling around with all this mess in this world. I wish you'd know how much God loves you and then you'd love other people. I wish you would know how much God's gonna take care of your needs and you wouldn't worry about all this junk. I wish you would know who he's called you to be and you wouldn't be caught up in all that mess. He says, because here's what happened. He says, you were dead in your trespasses. You're walking in that position. You're walking in the devil's purposes in your life. But he says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love when he loved you he says you were down there at that low bar dead in your trespasses but because of his great love he made you alive together with christ by grace you've been saved and what did he do he raised you up and he made you alive together with christ seated you with him in heavenly places now your position as a church member as a person in the body of christ is to be seated in heavenly places with christ jesus that's good news you were down here but he says but i've got a high calling for you you're going to be sitting up there with jesus you have a role a responsibility live up to who you are what does that mean that means i got to get rid of a lower standard of living it means I've been letting this world maybe run my thoughts and my feelings have been telling me what to do and say. Maybe this world has been organizing my schedule a little bit too much. Maybe I've been settling for less than the fullness of heaven. Maybe I haven't lived with the full joy and peace and love that God has for me. Maybe I haven't had the fullness of the Holy Spirit power living in my life. I've settled for a low bar. I believe that I didn't need it all. I believe that I could just needed to get by and be on the team and I could just play with minimal effort. But maybe I need to say, you know what, coach, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to leave it all on the field because my Christianity needs to be pushed because I have a holy purpose and a holy calling. You say, well, Pastor, doesn't that sound like work? Yeah, it does. But anything good's worth it, right? What about failing to reach the bar, coach? What if I don't make it? What if I'm not cut out for the team? 
That's a good thought because I've had the same thing in my life. What if I'm not good enough for this job? What if I'm not a good enough husband or father? What if I'm not a good enough pastor? You know, I've got to be conformed into who I'm called to be. You know, you get new tires on your car, new tires, good new tires. But if they don't balance them and align them, guess what? You're going to start to drift. They even shake a little bit. Your, line, your life's going to be out of You may have new tires, but you're going to be out of line. You understand me? You get new things in Christ, but you've got to come into alignment with the newness. You've got to get your life back on the straight path. Yeah, there's new things in your life, but you've got to learn how to get straight again. You've got to learn how to walk according to the things you've been called to do. Now, number one, I'd give you this three things, how you get through this, because it is hard work. I'm not going to lie to you. Count the cost. Take up your cross. It's hard work. But the first thing is this. Number one is be separated. What do I mean by that? Some pastors would say be holy, but we have a different connotation on that. I'll just tell you this. Live a lifestyle on purpose. That's what holiness means. Be, have a lifestyle that's on purpose. What does that mean? There's no accidental Christianity. Football teams do not accidentally get to state championship. That all of basketball team didn't accidentally get to state championship. I mean, you don't go to districts on accident. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes purpose. It takes determination. It means setting the bar to a certain level and saying, I'm going to do all that it takes to get to that place. That's the same thing with my Christianity. I want to be the best pastor I can be. I've got to put the energy and time and effort. It doesn't happen on accident. You don't accidentally get holy. You don't accidentally stop watching the, the things that you should watch. You have to intentionally say, I don't want that junk in my life anymore. I don't want to be around those people anymore. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts anymore or those feelings anymore. It means doing your Christianity on purpose. But even when I do my Christianity on purpose and Heath Harris does it, guess what? I fail. I read my Bible. I pray. I go to church. I tithe. I try my best. I try my best. I set time aside for the Word. set time aside for the Lord. I serve. I give. I still fail. Why? Because like Abram, you can do your very best, but if you do it according to the flesh, you'll never get the promises of God. You'll only do what you can do. You see, the second point is this, is you have to be in fellowship. And Paul says it right here. He says, you have been called into fellowship with his son. What does that mean? You're not called to do this life on your own. You've been called to do this Christianity with him. You didn't start this journey, and he's a good coach. He's not going to let you do it all by yourself. He's going to be with you. And the word koinonia is the word fellowship. It actually means joint partnership. Joint partnership. It means that he, the Holy Spirit, who started this work in you, is going to see it through to completion in you. I didn't get myself saved. I can't keep myself saved. Jesus did something in me, and he has to keep doing something in me every single day. I give him space and room to do that. For instance, give you three things that he says in there. He says, there's some grace he was given. Look at that verses. He says, the grace giving to you. There's been grace, grace that can cover a multitude of sins. Then he says, you were enriched in him enriched you have the wealth of heaven at your disposal he has not spared anything you need he's going to give you as a coach he's going to give you the best time the best talent the best equipment the best coaching he can give you he's going to empower you with the best things he can give you to get the job done you have been enriched and sometimes I don't feel enriched he says he has given you the charisma Meaning that you are, he says, you are not lacking any charisma in the Greek. That means spiritual gifts. You are not lacking any. He, this is a church that is out of whack, y'all. He is, they are messed up. He says, but guess what, church? 
You are called saints, and you are not lacking anything. It's not God's fault the way your life is right now. He says he has poured abundance on you through Jesus Christ. He has poured the Holy Spirit. There's not a single gift in heaven he's holding back and saying, you know what, I'm I'm waiting until they deserve it. I'm waiting until they need it. When they really want it, No, he says it's there, it's available by faith through the Holy Spirit. You have everything heaven has to offer. Come on, somebody, that's good stuff. You have everything, you need peace today so you don't slap somebody, it's there. It's there, it's available. You just have to ask for it, walk through it in faith. You want love because you need to love this person, it's available. Every, you have to believe the word of God like Abram, believe it by faith. This is the calling and he's provided the means to get there. Lastly is this, be the new you. Be the new you. The world always says, be you, just be you. Well, the same is true for Christians. There's a new you. There's a new you that's called to freedom. There's a new you that doesn't have to respond to the flesh's wills. There's a new you that doesn't need religion to keep yourself in check. You say, I just need to go more, I need to do more, Pastor, I need to try harder. Yeah, that's true, that only gets you halfway. The rest of the way has got to be by the Spirit. The new you is a spiritual person. The new you is a person that's beyond your ability, like me. Like this calling, I know every day it's above my ability. God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do, if, I, if Heath Harris was your only pastor today, y'all would just fire this boy. Because you got to have Jesus and the Holy Spirit working within you to do the job that he's called you to do. The new you, Paul says in Ephesians, he says that you would be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God that's been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Anybody ever want to stunt double sometimes in your life? You're just like, can I just go sleep on the couch and this guy, this clone would me, would go to work and do the dishes and do the laundry. Wouldn't that be nice just to have a clone in the closet you just pull out and you say, you do my day today. I'm going to stay home, right? That'd be wonderful, right? And he's like, but this is a new you. It's a spiritual you created by God. This guy, if you put him on every day and renew your mind in his mind, he's going to walk according to the spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh. This guy, he's going to act the way he should act because the Holy Spirit Spirit is in you producing the things you need to get to the calling he's called you to be. The position of your calling fuels the purpose of your being. And God is such a good God. He doesn't let you do this thing alone. No one who enters this life of Jesus is going to fail the team if they do it by the Holy Spirit and faith. Everything you need to be the Christian he's called you to be, he's provided in Christ Jesus. That's a good God. Let me close with this. I was listening to a a devotional yesterday, and uh, the pastor said, he said, you know, I was traveling and traveling and traveling and go, go, go. And he said, I only had, he said, I'm coming off the plane and coming into my family, and it's been a long time. He said, I I only about 5% left. You know, if you had a tank, right? You, sometimes you get to that place, I got 5% left of my life. Right now, it's, if I don't go to sleep, it's going to be over. And so he's like, I had 5% left. And he comes in and his kids are there and they're, Daddy, 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 wrestle with us. Well, what do you do? No, kid, go back home. I'm going to bed. I hadn't seen you in a week. He says, no. You take that 5% and you give all five. You give 100% of the 5% and what happens? You don't die. Something comes inside of you. There's an extra reserve tank. There's something supernatural that happens. And he says the same is true for us in the Christian life. I was thinking about this. Sometimes we just try to live on the low tank 
As a Christian, we're always running on empty. I don't have enough time to pray. I don't have enough to get through the day. God, I'm just getting by, just to get by. God, in the next season, I'll pray more. In the next season, I'll study more. In the next season, I'll get involved in the church, God. I'll give more when we have more money to give, God. And God's just like, just leave it all on the field. Give 100% of the 5% you have left, and then that's where my percent starts kicking in. Not any kid in Gina and Allah has ever given everything on the field and died on the field by giving the coach everything, right? There's always more. Somehow inside there, there's always something to push through. And when you are a Christian, the same is true by the Holy Spirit. If you give God everything, he will do the rest. You just have the faith to leave it all on the field. You have the faith to give him everything. Say, God, I'm not going to be a Christian on accident. I'm going to do this life on purpose because I want the position of my calling to fuel the purpose of my being. God, I want to live according to the standard you've called me to live. I'm going to be the best Christian I can be. I'm going to give it all I got. Amen? Would you stand with me today? Worship team, would you come? Where are you at in your Christian life right now? Be honest. Have you got a low bar? I'm just a sinner saved by grace, Pastor. Just little old me. No, you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You are a saint, sanctified, set apart for a special purpose, for a time such as this. God has great things. The devil has lied to you. This world has lied to you. says, you'll never do things like that. You're not, a, only pastors do things like cast out demons and heal the sick. Only pastors go talk and witness. Only pastors pray an hour a day. Only, that's for special people. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You have a new name. You are the saints of God. You have a holy calling. There is a purpose for this generation and for this day. If you want to take this city, let's take this city. You want to reach your family? Let's reach your family. You want to see demons flee and tremble at the sound of your name in this church? Let's do it. What are we waiting for? Let's be the people he's called us to be. And it says, God, it starts right here. You say, God, I've lowered the bar, and I want to believe who you say I am. I want to give it everything I got. And Lord, as I give everything I got, I know, Lord, you're going to come in behind me, and that's when the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit's going to come in. You take a step by faith, he's going to be right there behind you to push you on and say, all right, let's do it now my way. I'm going to go above and beyond what you can ask or think. Do you hear today, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, this wonderful God who's called you. Maybe you're here today and everything's not in alignment in your life and things are all out of whack. Like the church in Corinth, you don't know who he's called you to be. You don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. If he was to call you today, if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? Where would you spend eternity? If you were to meet him and be judged today, would he say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master? Or would he say, depart from me, I don't know you. I don't have a personal relationship with you. Sure, you can come to church. Sure, you can read your Bible. Sure, you can be a good moral person. But do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Do you have security in him? Do you know that you know that you're saved? Does the Holy Spirit work on the inside of you and identify that you are a child of God? Do you sense something supernatural working in your life? If that's you, that you can make that decision. You can accept responsibility for our sin, accept, our, accept that I am a sinner, that I cannot do this life on my own, that I need Jesus' grace. I believe on Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, he rose from the grave, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and that he's coming back again. 
and he's given me the Holy Spirit that I might be saved. If you believe that today and that's you, and you need to make that profession of faith, just every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking around and you just want somebody to pray for you today. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that's you, I just want to, I want to pray over you. You just lift that hand up, put it right back down and say, Pastor, would you pray for me as I make this journey by faith? Hallelujah, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? That's me. I don't know how many times you've been in church, but you say, that's me. I need to do that today. Father, you see these hands. You know these hearts. God, some of us making first time, maybe second, third, fifteenth time, like we're coming back to you and say, Lord, God, we've been living on our own, trying to do it our own way. But God, we want a renewal of the Holy Spirit. Save me. Cleanse me. Make me who you've called me to be, oh God. And so I submit my life to you. I give up ownership of my life and come unto your Lordship. Lord, that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. And as you begin to pray, give your, pour your heart out to the Lord, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do a work in you right here, right now. And at the moment, as the team plays, we're going to open the altars. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. But maybe you're a saint of God. You're, you know who you are. You, you're saved. But the bar has been set low. It's time to raise the bar. It's time to do this thing on purpose. Time to get in the game, leave it all on the field, and say, God, I'm going to give you everything I got. And Lord, you're going to do the rest. And trust him to do it. So, Lord, that's me. Lord, I'm Heath Harris. Raising my hands, I acknowledge, oh God. God, I often try to do this life on my own, but Lord, I need you. God, we have a holy calling before us. We have a world that's lost in sin and dying and going to hell. You've called us to be your ambassadors. You've called us to live a life worthy of the calling. And so, God, we're raising the bar this morning and say, Lord, give us the supernatural ability to take the Lord to win the game. Lord, to get this thing wrapped up before you return. Oh, God, there are so many things that pull us with our responsibilities and time. So many things this world says we ought to be doing. But, God, there is no more important thing than to be who you've called us to be. God, you are the most important thing. What you say about us is the most important thing. God, we ask you, Lord, Holy Spirit, convict us, remind us. Lord, raise the bar in each of our lives, not by works of religion, but by works of the Holy Spirit to walk in the supernatural things that God has called us to walk in, to be the supernatural people he's called us to be. Because we are, Lord, so thankful, so glad, rejoicing, for you say who we are. In Jesus' name. I want the team to sing this song for us this morning and make this our response. If you need prayer, the altars are open. But you have a new name written down in glory. It can be yours. We were lost in sin and chains, but he gave us a new name. Amen? Let's worship.